Welcome to Lingerie Lowdown, the podcast. From the team who bring you the most honest, trustworthy and impartial reviews online, we welcome you to our weekly podcast, featuring interviews with the hottest independent designers, as well as some of the biggest brands in the world of lingerie. Hello and welcome to Laundry Lowdown, the podcast. I am Sophia Smith and I am joined by a man. This is exciting. I've never interviewed a man before. Who am I talking to? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I'm not often interviewed by women. Strangely, men take greater interest in this than women do. That's fascinating for me. Okay. So who am I talking to? Right. My name's Jules um, mm-hmm. and I head up a company called Moose. Um, move mm-hmm. on for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and our business is based um, upon making lingerie or we, we tend to call it underwear because I think it's a difficult term for men to deal with at times but lingerie for men yeah um, okay so we'll take a lot of the um, language that's used in traditional female lingerie and mm-hmm. cut and cut it to fit men so that's really what we do that that's our business so it's moot lingerie and my name's Jules and how did that, how is, has this idea come about? I'm assuming it comes from a love you have for um, beautiful male underwear yourself. I assume that that's where it comes from. It, it, yeah, I mean, I think that it, it, it's probably very complex and there's not a simple answer to why it came about. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been involved in, actually I'm a metal worker, but my trade is a metal worker. I've run a few different companies over the years Mm-hmm. specializing in metal work um mm-hmm. and the type of work we do is very very fine and very refined it's all about detail and design mm-hmm. so detail mm-hmm. and design have always kind of ruled my life that's always been you know it, it is always if you're making a table it's the edge of the table it's the detail mm-hmm. detail detail um and we were doing a, a job many years ago for a lady and we were fitting a lingerie shop out mm-hmm. and we we're making point of sales display items for her and mm-hmm. um, it was it was fascinating, really interesting because she, what this this particular lady had, she was an elderly lady. She'd been around the her industry, you know, the laundry industry all her life, mm-hmm. and she had an extraordinary ability to describe aesthetics. So she could hold a little brief up, a little the most beautiful garment, mm-hmm. and explain why it worked and how it mm-hmm. flattered a woman and how it was cut to show this part and to calm down that part. And mm-hmm. how it enhanced and how it made you feel, and how it, yeah. gra- it, it, it almost decorated the body. And she was, she explained it with so much emotion, and really, it was one of those things. It was just, it, it was a, there was a podcast in just what she said, you know, um, and and that really sat with me. And at the end of the day, you know, she said, "But it's all out of the window. You can't wear anything like this. You back to boxer shorts and briefs because no one makes anything." Um, now, I'd always been a sporting guy. I've always, always been involved in sport. So I've always kind of been fairly fit, been quite body aware, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm wearing sort of lycra leggings or something, I'm mm-hmm. vain enough to not want a visible panty line. Yeah, so I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd wear a thong. Um, okay. And there's plenty of things like that made for men. And then realizing that that was extremely comfortable and mm-hmm. it was a sensible item to wear if you're going to go and do mm-hmm. some sort of you know do that um and enjoyed wearing it 
Um, mm-hmm. I never wanted to wear my wife's underwear because mm-hmm. they were they were made for my wife. They were not. Yeah. I, I didn't want to be a woman. You know, I didn't want to dress like a woman. I wanted to wear yeah. something that was really nicely made that fitted a man and was designed to to sort of enhance and hold you. So I looked uh, at various companies doing sort of products similar to Moot, but they all had a very sort of one side to them. You know, there's one company, an American-based company called X-Dress, and they, X obviously is in cross-dress, and they are very much targeting men who want to cross-dress. And whilst I bought some items from them, from them and they were good quality, they fitted me, I was mm-hmm. very pleased with what I got. Mm-hmm. I didn't really identify with their with their message because mm-hmm. I, was, I wasn't a cross-dresser. I didn't see myself mm-hmm. as cross-dressing. And equally, I didn't really understand how this term cross, where cross-dressing really lie, because what you're looking at is just an item of clothing. And I didn't see it as gender specific, you know. Mm. You could wear a jean, pair of jeans. I could wear a pair of jeans. They're just a pair of jeans sure. that is either fit, cut to fit you or cut to fit me. But they're still mm-hmm. a pair of jeans, and yeah. it, that that works with most things until you get into, I guess, things like skirts, which then become very complicated for men. Unless, of course, you're Scottish, and in which case <laughs> you're proudly put on your kilt, and uh, you know yeah. so you've got this really odd balance of illogical steps. Yeah. Um, so I was looking or um, a challenge, something interesting that I could run alongside the metalworking business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the more I thought about it, the more I, the more I, what, what's happened in my life in the past, I've had at three o'clock in the morning, a brilliant idea. And by nine o'clock in the morning, it was the darkest idea I ever had. But at three o'clock, <laughs> I was convinced it was going to change the world. You know that feeling mm-hmm. where you're so in, initially enthusiastic about something, but a couple of days later, you're thinking, this is just bonkers. But the more I thought about, yeah, fancy pants for men, I think, why not? No one's doing anything like that. But we are going to try to do it in an entirely neutral manner where we're not, we're not targeting. You know, a lot of, lot of my straight friends have said, oh, you're obviously making for gay men. Uh, which was just ludicrous, the idea that only gay I, men... That, that doesn't sit well with me. No, um, it didn't either that... for me. But That's extremely this, narrow-minded. And, and it's absolutely right. You're completely narrow-minded. But there's this, this, this assumption between a lot of men who mm. don't quite know how to react to it. So they take this slightly kind of, you know, the, almost the dumb default reaction as in you've, mm. got to be, you've got to be cross-dressed. You've got to be gay. You've got to be bisexual. You've got... No, no, no. Does it and make do, any do difference you know what? what you are? What's so interesting, Jules, as well, is the fact that you, by default, ju- if you are a crossdresser, you are not necessarily gay. They, they don't go together. They, you can be gay and not crossdress, and you can crossdress and not be gay. They don't go together. They're not like, you know, they're not the same thing. Of course not. No, of course not. You're absolutely right. Of course they're not. So the more we kind of got involved in thinking about this and hearing these ridiculously sort of outdated and not, I don't mean homophobic views but just 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 dark uneducated. views uneducated views we thought well hang mm. on a second I well, we aren't going to do this because they need to sort of wake up to the idea that this is just simply a piece of fabric and if we've got and if we've got to the point of judging people by a piece of fabric as a society we, you know we really need to look at ourselves and clearly mm. there are so many 
genuine reasons and, and examples of extraordinary struggles for people to find a voice and whether that's through women's liberation or for gay rights, you know. And so for me as a white, middle-class, middle-aged man to mm -hmm. sort of, to hear this ridiculous nonsense spoken mm -hmm. by people of similar age and sort of background yeah. to me, I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. I, I'm going mm -hmm. to do it. And so it, we, you know, we call it the you know the revolution in underwear. And we, it is, it's slightly anarchic, slightly punky. There's it's certainly very much of that sticking your fingers up at what people think. And it's really, really interesting to see how, how people react. So anyway, we started this some years ago. I've always enjoyed wearing nice clothes, nice, uh, nice underwear, really, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so I thought, well, okay, let's, let's get into that. So about four years ago, we started looking at, you know, where do I go? I'm a metal worker, I don't know. So we find... But as a metal worker, you're obviously a creative. So yeah. your design, you you have, um, you have the knowledge of design in some form. Absolutely. You know, I, I spend probably an, uh, an unhealthy amount of time looking at women's laundry. Um, but that is, it, it kind of gets beyond the pervy stuff into just looking at the cut of a particular bit of fabric and the way and the mm -hmm. lines of just trying to understand how it sits on a body. And, you know, there are some brands that just nail it every time and others mm -hmm. that you just look at, ah, you know, if you just lifted that and pulled mm -hmm. and you get to understand the language of construction, you kind of get to understand how it, how it's supposed, how they're trying to make it sit on you. Um, mm -hmm. So I was pretty capable of drawing up what I wanted. So when I started, my sort of quest to do it i'd already mm -hmm. done 101 different scribbles of you know i like this i want that i like that, mm -hmm. that, that, that. so i could kind of narrate a, a sort of a, an idea of what it was going mm -hmm. to be like um, yeah. and then it was into right well where do we go to get it made and how do we get it made and what's the process mm -hmm. um and at that point a lot of people were saying you've got to be somewhere in the far east because it's cheap and you know and and that, again, didn't mm. sit comfortably with us at all. Mm. We were all about being really, I say British, and I don't mean that in a British, I, actually, I'd say European or at least fair fair wage based, mm. you know, where yeah, we yeah. are paying a, a, not minimum wage, but living wages, um, as it is everything that we have other than the lace, but the all of the manufacturing is done in Britain and the lace mm -hmm. that we use comes from Calais, uh, which is... That's the, the, amazing. I'm a massive fan of championing kind of uh, great British brands, the British high street. It's really, really important to me um, for a, a fair living wage, as you say. Um, and something that has been, I don't know if you know, but I'm I'm the longest running presenter at Lingerie Lowdown. And I would like to think that that kind of gives me like a, a, an upper echelon of knowledge in terms of doing reviews. And one of my biggest two, my two biggest frustrations are unnecessary plastic and misinformation about plastics and a brand going I just did a review before we were before I started this which was Pretty Polly now I actually reviewed Pretty Polly um one time ago a couple of years ago and the review that I gave them basically criticized some of their marketing material and they changed their marketing material because of what I said so, yeah, like in terms of the, this was a piece of marketing that is distributed in every single item that they have. And it was something, I don't know how they missed it. And I was like, how can you, how can you not know that this is another brand? 
Um, anyway, so on their packaging, there's a little heart on the front and it's a Union Jack and then there's kind of a script which says Great British Brand. And you turn the box over and in tiny writing it says Made in Italy. Now, I don't have a problem if it's made in Italy, but you're basically lying because what the only British part of that is that is uh, that the company is based in Nottingham and the design is not very transparent for consumers. And it really frustrates me because someone will, they're trying to say, oh, buy us, you know, we're British, we're great. Like someone, I, I love buying British. It's really important to me. I could see that and go, I'm going to buy that because that's, you know, that's, that's about supporting my own country, my own land, where I'm from. And then, in actual fact, it's manufactured somewhere else. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, I think it's honest. We we sort of felt from the beginning that the honesty had to be the the way to head up the business. It it, it just sat with us, you know. It was mm-hmm. kind of where we were. So it was, you know, I, I went out to 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 to, to, to um, uh, Calais. Mm-hmm. There's a company out there, and they are the last of the lace makers still based in Calais. Traditional lace makers with machinery from what from Nottingham. I mean, the, the machines they're 200 years old, I reckon. And mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal setup. It's expensive, but it is a beautiful product. So I'm really happy that we support them, and you know everything that they stand for. Yeah, it's not made in England, but it doesn't Britain. But it doesn't matter. It's, it stands for that. But all of our but you're honest about it. Completely honest about it. The majority of our fabric is all end of range, uh, end of line stuff that we're buying up. Um, mm-hmm. from, um, so it's dead stock. Um, mm-hmm. That the, the sufficient for us to be able to run a run a production run of it. It may not mm-hmm. be big enough for the big boys. Um, so it's dead stock. Uh, so again, it's not even having to go through the recycling process, which in itself is carbon rich you know so we're getting rid of all that you know everything that leaves here leaves in cardboard wrapped in you know with brown sticky tape you know we Mm -hmm. try and keep it as 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 ethical as we possibly can Mm -hmm. Uh, and equally Mm -hmm. we try to head up the business with as much integrity as we can you know that's Mm -hmm. why i think it was was really important i'm i'm quite um visual you see a lot of me within the business and I felt it was really important to, if you're going to start a brand that's a little bit controversial, to not mm-hmm. sit sit back like the MD in the back office, but mm-hmm. put yourself in the front. Because to a lot of men, it's quite a challenge to um, to talk about or to admit mm-hmm. to wanting to wear something that's not of the norm. So I thought, mm-hmm. well, if the only way we can do it is to, is to lead truly by example and say, you know, look, this is me. I've got no clothes on or best part, no clothes on. That's a photograph of me. I'm mm-hmm. a 55-year-old guy. I'm not the sort of sexiest man in the world, but I represent a 55-year-old bloke. And there's lots of guys out there who, they that's that's what they look like, you know. Uh, we started, when we first started getting a model and getting going a year or so ago, our first model was fabulous, but just unachievable for me. There's no way I could match a 27-year-old guy who spent half his life in the gym. It, it didn't, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't identify with that. Um, so we, 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 we went to an older Brazilian guy who was fabulous. He wasn't a, able to model recently for us because of all the lockdown problems. So I thought, well, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And quite happy to do that. And it's all about honesty, you know, honesty mm-hmm. in the product, where it's made, um, where it's sourced, how it's designed, what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to sit very well with our customer base. 
Yeah. And so would you say that your target market is kind of you are representative of your target market for your for your company? We 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 have very little information on their target market. I can tell you who the sales are made by or who the purchases Mm -hmm. are made by. Um, Mm. We do send out um, a sort of a questionnaire every now and then to our subscribers to get some feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's either people, we're into two sort of sectors, really. I think there's people mm-hmm. of my sort of bit younger than me and my age and certainly considerably older than me who mm-hmm. are confident enough in their, in their in themselves to not be swayed by other people's opinions. So they're, they're mm-hmm. sort of, well, buggy, I'm going to wear it anyway. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. you judge me on it. So there's that sort of thing. And the other side are the much the younger people. And there'll mm-hmm. be then people back into their sort of 20s who are coming from a different generation, a more open, a more accepting mm, generation. More liberal. Different. Yeah, and so therefore they seem to think nothing about it. You know, I've got three lads, um, and they don't. I mean, they, they wear boxer shorts when they're 14, 16, and 19, but they don't give up, don't bat an eyelid. I don't think anything mm. of, it's just what you're wearing. They don't, this is yeah. not, there's not an issue there. But certainly um, there's, a, there's a proportion of people who are a bit awkward about that. But we will never ask anyone what their sexual preferences are. It's irrelevant. Mm. It doesn't matter. I'm not interested with it. It's nothing to do with whether you're gay or you're straight or you're bisexual. It's absolutely nothing whatsoever. Um, most, not most, just over 50% of our sales now are going to purchase by women. And, okay. and now we, that's a really interesting dynamic when we started seeing that creeping in. Um, mm. I don't know who the end user is because we don't ask, but one would have to assume they are for their partner or husband. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, they are cut to fit a man. So there's a pouch mm-hmm. you cut for a woman. It'd be like me wearing female, you know, uh, yeah. know they, they won't fit. Um, so it's, I think, really exciting to see that trend coming into it. I think it's really mm-hmm. empowering to see women taking that step. And now I don't, I don't know what that re- really means. There could be a number of different reasons why women are buying for their men. And I mean, my- I think, for me, I think it means that they have strong relationships, that um, that the men, and the man and the woman are confident together, that he's able to share his uh, clothing preferences with her. That's kind of how I would look well, at that, it. That, that's, that's how we read it. That's how we, we viewed it. Um, and then I spoke to a lady who said, well, actually, it was more for me. And she was okay. seeing it in a, in, a, in a light of, well, I never get the opportunity to feel those fabrics in a relationship. So now I, I can almost close my eyes and be with a different person. So she's reading it in a different that's way again. That's quite really. So, that's so quite, quite yeah, spooky. So, so there are... Everyone's got their own kind of take on it. You know, I, mm. a lot of people make an assumption that I will put the, you know, whatever of my products on simply because I could wear it in the bedroom for activities in the bedroom. Well, that's further, it couldn't be further from the truth, really. I, I, my wife doesn't really, she didn't get turned on by it. She just, mm-hmm. hopefully, she gets turned on by me, but not by what I'm wearing. Sure, yeah. Um, uh, so I would just wear it as a normal lifestyle choice of what I'm going to wear mm. today. 
Um, however, I equally know men who will wear things entirely for the bedroom and just for the turn on that they get out of that. So yeah. I think everyone's got their own sort of direction in it. And I suspect that's fairly similar to some of the some of the products that are available for women. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would think, agree you know, completely. Some of, you know, some of the more racy products, I think, are very much bedroom-based and others you're going to go off to work in. But they can all have one sort of underlying element, which is a well-designed, well-made and delicately made item that that mm. decorates you and flatters you and makes you it makes you feel better about yourself and I think that's what we're trying to achieve. Whether yeah. we got there, I don't know, but I think we're getting there. Do you think that um, obviously when you started, when you came up with the idea of like bringing something together that is like lifestyle choice underwear for men? Do you think that the gap in the market was there? Due to basically kind of we're told very much, you know, um, if men wear this kind of stuff, it's kinkwear. You know, we've kind of been, the media has allowed us and, and advertising campaigns have thus far allowed us to think that this kind of underwear for men is a kink related thing rather than a lifestyle thing. And do you think that's why there's not really a competitor for you? I I, I think there's a lot... I think you're, you're to a degree you're right in that. I think there's an awful lot of really deep, deep issues that men have still got to look into. I think the whole, the way that women see themselves really post Second War, after coming and running the machinery and keeping the country going, was the men were fighting. You know that that, that empowerment that came out of that. Uh, women have have almost turned the table and really found an empowering side. There's still there probably still is that glass ceiling for women, but 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 in general they've really I don't think the words not reinvented, but found themselves and found a voice mm-hmm. in themselves. And I don't think men have. I think men mm. are very almost impotent. They don't know quite what their role is because suddenly they're seeing their their partners out to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some cases they're looking after the children. So in some cases, the partner's earning more money and has a, a, a career. You know, I, I work with women. I know how hard they work and how committed they are to work. Um, mm-hmm. And a, a well-motivated woman is quite a feisty thing to deal with, you know, and I think <laughs> men struggle with that. You know, I think there's... Uh, I, would, I agree. Um, um, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I'm quite a spiritual person and I believe in growth and learning about yourself. And I think I could... I could name my flaws very easily and I could name my positives about myself very easily. But I um, I asked my partner to, I was like, let's do a little exercise. I was driving, let's do a little exercise. I was like, you tell me your flaws. And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, I do. <laughs> and so I think actually, I think you're right, is that men are still kind of learning Um their own, what is their purpose? Their own self-purpose. What is that? What is my growth? Who am I? What do I represent? Um, what am I doing? I yeah. think I think you're right that kind of, you know, after the war, women had this like evolution where they now had a bit more control. They had more rights. And so I'm with you completely. Enjoying the conversations today. Well, we wanted to take a short break to tell you more about our website. Are you looking to treat a loved one or yourself to some new lingerie or hosiery and don't know where to start? Let the most diverse team of presenters from around the globe introduce you to more than 460 brands. 
as we publish new and exclusive reviews every day. In fact, we have over 5,000 reviews online right now, and you can join us from only $7.99 a month. However, we want to treat you to something a little special for listening to our podcast today. So, use the promo code PODCAST when buying a 3, 6, or 12-month membership, and we'll give you an extra 10% off the purchase price. Best of all, there's no time limit with this code, so you can keep using it each time you renew your membership. Please note this is not applicable to the monthly membership. So, after listening to the rest of this podcast, head on over to lingerielowdown.com forward slash join and use the promo code podcast today. Thanks for listening. Now let's get back to the podcast. One of the other things, which again is really hard for a woman to get, you know, and I get this if I'm out with my mates, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll get home and Claire will say, Oh, how's Dudar's son or their wife or whatever? What's wrong with them? Are they they're in hospital? Oh, I didn't, I didn't know. We don't, we won't talk about that. We never, we talk about all the safe things. We'll talk about sport. We'll talk about politics. We'll talk about the things we can rant on about, but we won't talk about anything that in any way can be seen that leaves you slightly vulnerable. You know, we don't talk about, won't talk, I don't know, erection issues. We won't talk about, even prostate cancer is a bit edgy mm-hmm. for us. You know, yeah. every, all those things, whereas I want my wife will come back and I know she'll be talking about, you know, menstrual cycle. She'll be talking about God only knows what, which women mm-hmm. talk about. Men don't yeah. talk about anything. So to talk, you know, about what I, I went out, I go out walking with three really good friends, really, really dear old friends. And I've done this now for, oh, 15 years, 20 years, we realized we weren't seeing each other because of work and children and stuff. So we thought, well, okay, one dedicated weekend every year, we'll go for a walk. And we've walked everywhere around Britain and we have a great time. We drink too much, we talk too much. And three or four years ago, I decided that um, I, I just thought it was time to sort of like come out, as it were, and talk to them about about me. Um, and uh, during the day, one of the guys asked me this question about how's work on metal works. So I said, ah, it's okay, but you know, I've been doing it a long time. I'm looking for some, uh, I'll always keep the metal works going, but I'm looking for something fresh and new. And what are you going to do then? I said, well, I've got this idea. I'll, I'll talk to you tonight about it. So I thought about this and I had a feeling that tomorrow I might be walking by myself with three guys sort of like <laughs> ahead of me. Um, so I, um, sat down, we were sitting down, had a cup of beers that evening and just chatting about stuff. And this friend of mine says, come on then, Jules, what, what are you going to do? What's the new idea? And I then went in to talk to, talk to them about me. I said, look, guys, you all know me. You know, you see me as, I'm not an alpha male, but I'm a pretty strong character. You know, I've been the eye, you know, confident, but big, strong, physically strong, sporting. Um, you, you know all that. But what you probably don't know is that from my neck down, every bit of body hair is removed. And there's this, like, dropping of the jaws. I said, did you do what? I said, well, I'm pretty certain that at some point your wife will have done this. So, you know, I'm not doing it for anybody. I've admitted, but I, I, I started off when I was cycling, shaving my legs, and I just moved up my body and continued going. And yeah. that became, that was just the way I was. And there was this look of absolute, you know, bewilderment that somebody would admit to this. Now, interestingly, I, I'd spoken to the guy who, he, where I go and get waxed. I spoke to him about it. It was a superb guy, as camp as a camp guy can ever get. He's just the most delightful character you can find. And he was saying he started waxing people when 
back in, I guess, in the 90s, judging by his age, 80s or 90s. And he said, 100% gay, 100% gay. He said, today, he said, we're probably 70, 80% straight of the men he's wow. wrestling, which was really interesting. I said, yeah. so, you know, he said, it's completely almost flipped the opposite way around. So anyway, chatting on to these guys, and then he got onto the idea about making underwear and frilly underwear. Mm-hmm. And there was this deathly silence as they were looking into their beer and not really knowing quite how would they, how should they react? What, what do you say mm. at this stage when you've just got a guy who said he removes all his pubic hair and he likes wearing frilly knickers? And it, it was that kind of, well, oh, bloody hell, Jules. You know, um, so two of them disappeared off outside for a cigarette fairly quickly, <laughs> leaving me with a third guy. And the third guy then, because I'd opened myself up and almost opened the gates up, and expose mm. expose my vulnerability. Mm. He then started talking about the his own activities and things that he liked to do, which was I'm not going to judge him on it, but it was I would say a great deal more bizarre and more sort of you know on left of field than mm. where I was. Uh, but he and his wife were quite happy to do this, and they really enjoyed doing it, and that was just fine. But he wouldn't ever, with his friends, talk about it. He had to be one-to-one with somebody who just mm-hmm. opened himself up. And then later on that evening, when one of the other guys was with me, again, he came back to me saying, interesting what you're saying about underwear. He said, will you be able to do a little top? And I said, well, what are you thinking of? He said, and he said well, and he then started talking about the role-playing that he did with his partner. And okay. again, wearing her, you know, he said, put on some, some suspenders and stockings. And this was entirely for sex. And he said it was just like when she mentioned it, it was like someone turning the green light on. It was just the best type they ever had. And now that was mm. the way that's what they do. So it was interesting. So out of these four guys, three of them have got a slightly different approach to certain parts of their life. But as a group would never be discussed. And again, a confident guy with myself, I was quite anxious about bringing this to the table and talking to them about it. Their reaction was very... Um, Okay, was not judgmental. They was okay with it, but it mm-hmm. was a, it was a, it was a, it was a difficult conversation for me to have, I think, and it was mm-hmm. a difficult conversation for them to listen to, simply because they didn't know how they should react. It questioned elements of their mis- masculinity. It mm-hmm. questioned probably elements of their own morality. You know, was, am I judging people for a bit of fabric? You know, so it, it, it brings a lot, a lot out, and I think that's probably where the whole thing about men are. They don't talk about things. They don't talk about personal things to personal friends. They don't even talk to their partner. You know, you know what it'll be where you'll talk to your partner and say, what's wrong? Nothing. You know full well, so what's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> and yeah. they, want, they want to tell you about them, but they won't. You know, um, if I need a bath, my wife will say, Jules, you need a bath, mate. You stink, you know. Yeah, that's how it that's, is in this house. I'm like, why do you smell like samosas? <laughs> but, do you know what I mean? It's the, the women can deal with it, men struggle. So it's yeah. been a re- it's been a really interesting sort of line into it. And again, we found a similar situation with social media. You know, we 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 battled so much with having Instagram and Facebook. Well, Facebook, we absolutely we're off Facebook completely. Um, but Instagram equally, we, we keep on getting adverts, but we can't advertise, but, but um, uh, postings pulled. And you look at me and you think, if that was a female brand, there's no way you would have pulled that. Um, I don't know, you know, I mean, I've I know, on, I know. I, 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 I lost, I lost the Instagram account I have now. Um, 
is a secondary one. I lost my first one with 70,000 followers. I was extremely careful with the postings and I'm in lots of business networking groups with other creators and uh, models in the industry. And I have to say um, the, the line at which Instagram kind of says you are over it is determined by their own uh, judgment of, um, and basically the guy who owns Instagram has said, do people need to know this? Yes or no? No. Then that's how it gets pulled. So there was a picture of Selma Blair, Hollywood A-lister, um, diving naked into her swimming pool. And you could see her her butt crack. And that was fine. Because she is considered the public need to know. But by the same token, if I did that, I'd lose my whole account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess that there is. it is a complicated thing. But but it's certainly we've felt at times that uh, it I, I guess it, there's no person there. There's a kind of a bot at the end of the system looking at it. Yeah. Um. Uh, and you do feel at times like, hang on, this I I just don't see this. I can't see mm. it because we get yeah. on our you know on our Insta uh, feed. You know, we we'll get adverts coming up for tights for this and for that. Well, I don't see how you've got that through as an advert because we certainly mm. aren't getting it. But, but either mm. way, it, it's a difficult thing. So I can't even remember what your question was. But how do men react? I guess that's yeah. sort of the answer to it. Yeah, it's fascinating. And with you know, when you touched on kind of being ethical before about kind of the items that are distributed in um, cardboard and kind of recyclables as much as possible, do you feel like there's a lot of pressure, especially on like startups and smaller independent brands like yourself, to kind of pave the way for bigger brands to do the right thing in terms of being um, as eco-friendly as possible because I have to say of everything that I have reviewed in Laundry Lowdown and actually in the last five six years I have been reviewing to see the changes in packaging and that kind of stuff is huge but the biggest changes have come from the smallest brands. There is a company called Project Laundry who I adore. I've interviewed Rowan and I love her. Like her energy is just beautiful. I love what she represents, what she stands for. Her attention to detail is beautiful. But she is all about being, you know, doing as much as possible. But then I get like Ann Summers and it's like you get this massive plastic bag, this tiny little bra. And so do you think that a lot of pressure is put on smaller brands like yourself to kind of, you know, be doing the right thing? in terms of plastics and stuff i'm not sure pressure's put on us i think we by the very nature of the type of type of person who starts a business up and tries to grow a business um are the companies who who generally create change um and the big ones are rather like the titanic they're 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 just on that trajectory they're Mm -hmm. you know they're answerable to shareholders they're not listening. They they've moved out of that that sort of um, point of being uh, in connection with what they're trying to do. It's become mm-hmm. a business, a big structure, um, I, I, and I think at that stage things uh, get steered entirely by small business design design. All, all you know, all of what you look at Victoria's Secrets, all the big companies, they're following what the little guys have done. Just like mm-hmm. can knock it out. Uh, infinitely you know quicker and cheaper but mm-hmm. but i think all of the innovation comes from small companies it always does that inevitably you know I, i'm not foolish enough to know that if we find the markets growing for men's lingerie 
one of the bigger boys is going to come and try and buy this business or, or just just compete with us and we will have very little say in what we do because they'll mm-hmm. uh, other than our tribe of people you know what one of the things we've got which is a real blessing is a really you know fabulous customer base who 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 support us well and continue to reorder so there's a real loyalty through that side mm-hmm. of things and we try to communicate as best as we can with them keep them posted what, what's coming up and generally try and put the whole package together um and we're even looking at the moment, I don't know whether we will, but we, we, we're talking about posting our accounts at the end of the year, just so that people can see, you know, this is a business. Yes, we have to make money. We have to survive. We have to pay wages. But mm-hmm. equally, there's, 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 there's a responsibility on us to try to balance things out. It's not mm-hmm. money at all cost. Um, you know, we're looking at sort of things like we, 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 used, we started off and we learned very quickly from our mistakes on a small, medium and large label, uh, which is, is very quite quite patronising and not fair. You know, it's not the way it should be. It's just the size. You should be 30 to 32, 32, 34. And it's, that's the size you are. You're not extra large. You're just that size. Yeah. Um, and so when we get into people who are not within our range of, of sizes, we will we will bespoke we will make it to fit any size at exactly the same cost we won't we will never make any any additional charge for that um now to, for us to do that really takes out pretty much all of our margin in doing so but it builds confidence and it builds equality amongst our customers and i'm really you know we are proud to be able to do that and say that it doesn't matter what we will always the size you know the cost of the Product is the cost, and whatever size you will, it will it will be made to fit you. Um, and through those sort of actions, like ensuring it's put in the right cardboard box and it's done, and we we just put that little bit of extra love into it, it it builds a nice customer and a nice custom base. But the big boys they can't do it; they've lost it; they've forgotten about where they mm. were. And I think there's that's no the personalization. Same. Really, with the, yeah, with I the think big so. companies. But maybe that's the same with pretty much all businesses. They get bigger and bigger, and um, it's hard to keep keep your feet on the ground. Maybe I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've so, never had a big company. So, um, Project Lingerie, who I spoke, who I mentioned previously, are a subscription based company, and you can buy one month, or you can buy twelve months, or whatever. Um, and it's not the first subscription service I have reviewed. I think I've probably reviewed four or five, uh, but Project Lingerie and one other company I have reviewed for the full cycle of 12 months. And the first time I reviewed a, in fact, I'll just say who it is, is Empress Mimi, who, um, who are one of those companies that are like, woo, made in London. And you look at the label and it's made in China. Um, so that frustrated me from the start. Um, and the whole point of this 12 year subscription with them is that each month you get a different item. That was the whole point of it. I think three times within 12 months, I had a duplicate item. Then I had, like, I was meant to get panties or knickers or thong, whatever. One time I got a bodysuit. Then something else happened. And so when Laundry Lowdown went to Empress Mimi and they were like, what's going on? And they were like, oh, yeah, sorry, we got really popular really quickly. Right. And you thought you'd handle that by being rubbish? Like, <laughs> it makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. Um, 
so I found I found it very frustrating. So perhaps it is the case that when they get very popular, they lose sight of what their original idea was meant to be. Maybe that is the case. I, I think it is. I, I think I think that's that's an element of it. I think also a lot of people go into a business, a concept of a business, because they're from a background of design of fashion or whatever but actually the learning about a business mm. really really trips you up you know it's making sure your end of year accounts are in and your VAT is paid each quarter and all those those bits are the bits that are the hard it, it's, the, it's those bits that are hard really really I mean that was the real benefit for me starting up is that I already had an established business so I had an income um, and the income was sufficient for me to self-fund this business. So I didn't have to go to the bank to get it going. So we were in a really, really fortunate position from that. Sort of and equally within the business, I already had an accountant. I already had a bookkeeper. I already understood how that was done. So we had all the structure to piggyback it on the side. It was a completely separate business to the metalworking side. But we had the structure. And it, it invariably, I think it's those sort of elements that... People never, people always underestimate the the costs outside. Buy it for this, put fifty percent, hundred, two hundred percent on, and sell it. And therefore, I'm going to make all this money. And you never do. Mm. It's all the bits and the pieces between it that get in the way. Yes. And so, I think there's a real case of growing pains for companies getting bigger. Um, that I think really people will sit with you as long as you communication. It's always about communication. If you got an email through to say can't do the thong this week because of da 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 can we send you out a complimentary whatever and we'll send your body to you know i hope you'll love it and just communicate all of yeah. a sudden you're give, going me, to give me something yeah because you love to hear that they're growing it's fabulous it's really nice yeah, that you're growing it is but not I think at the it's cost amazing. of my order not at the cost of my order and my support totally you're right uh, you're absolutely and that's, right uh, and that's the that's the bit i'm you know really glad that we can share this journey together if there are problems, just let us know. Um, and we have that. You know, we particularly over Brexit with some of our products, we 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 started a, a relatively small range of, we, we call it legwear, but tights and stuff. Mm-hmm. And stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just so it's kind of a one-shot stop for men. We didn't intend to get into it, but it works quite nice. It's a nice add-on sort of thing. And um, we do Transparente from Italy and Miso mm-hmm. from Poland. Um, I know we, Misso very, very well. I well, know the owner of Misso very. I'm very good friends with him. They, well, they do some brilliant things, and um, they they sell quite they sell quite well. And you know, mm. our men like them. Um, <laughs> but because of the whole Brexit thing, has caused us supply issues. Nothing to do with them. It's just been slowed up in the process. And you know, when you've got an order that's not going out because we can't get into the country for whatever reason. Don't ignore the don't ignore the customer. Just ping mm. him an email. Say, look, sorry, things, and they're fine. They understand mm. that it's, sometimes it's outside your control, and it is communication. I think at all times it is about communication. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know. My suspicion is companies grow to a certain size to a degree. They forget about what started them. Uh, they bring staff in that don't share the same vision that they started mm. off with. And it mm. slowly gets diluted. They get mm. possibly outside investment into it, and they easily looking at returns. And it gets all a bit numbers based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Very, very frustrating. Well, Jules, thank you so much for your time. You are a world of information, and I hope that your company continues 
to grow. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Would you you like to tell the listeners um, where they can find you online? So the web address for for your website and also your socials as well? um, Our our web address is, what is our web address, Anna? It's mootlaundry.com. Yeah, mootlaundry.com. Um, okay. And that that will get you straight into the um, the the website. Um, and obviously, you can find us on Moot Laundry on Instagram. We have a small Facebook po- sort of presence, but we don't. We've almost fallen out with Facebook at the moment. Yeah. Um, uh, so, and Twitter. Yeah, you, you'll find us on Twitter as well. Um, so, there's you know, have a look at it. It's it's it, it's it's interesting. Um, we really love feedback. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, feedback on design, feedback on the way the website's working or not working. And I love critical feedback because otherwise we don't understand mm-hmm. where we're getting it wrong. So if mm-hmm. anyone's got anything, and if you've got anything that you think, could you just tweak that or not too sure, you know, give us, you know, give us opinions, give us a feedback. But yeah, it's been lovely talking to you. You too. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Sophia Smith and that was Jules and this is Laundry Lowdown, the podcast. Thanks for joining us on Lingerie Lowdown, the podcast. Don't forget that we release a brand new episode every Wednesday for you all to enjoy. So if you love lingerie as much as we do, make sure to catch us same time, same place next week. Don't forget to visit the website lingerielowdown.com forward slash join and use our promo code podcast to get an extra 10% off a three, six or 12 month membership today.